Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I see on every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? We have Claudia Wells with us today. She has had a varied TV and film career, having starred in six television series, along with many starring roles in movies of the week, school break specials, afternoon specials. And you may remember her from her role as Jennifer Parker, Michael J. Fox's present day girlfriend in the original hit film, Back to the Future. And in 1991, she opened and still runs today Armani Wells, a high-end resale shop for men in Studio City, California. And we're going to talk about all of that yes. and then and some. a lot more. So welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So I always like to start the same way. As you know, um, Last 18, 20 months been tough for a lot of people. Oh, yes. Um, so how has COVID affected you and what have you done to maneuver through this in this time? Well, it's actually gotten me closer to my sister and her husband. Um, my sister and I, Marco Polo, all the time to keep in touch. And we've done much more. And then we've had Zoom calls twice a week to keep up oh, with wow. each other. <laughs> so it's been they live in another city. So it's been that's been incredible. And also, um, my store legally had to be closed for about nine months. Wow. Wow. That's wow. actually wow. the longest I've gone since I was seven without working. So oh, it wow. was definitely something. <clears throat> it was a transition to get accustomed to that I um, to learn that I'm more than what I do. Mm -hmm. Because um, I, I have a, a strong sense of accomplishment in producing and seeing the results. So when I wasn't able to do that and I was isolated from people and I love sort of uh, making people better than they thought they ever could be. So that was very difficult on me um, psychologically. It was yeah. just yeah. a big transition. Um, I mean, I was shocked at how comfortable I ended up getting it watching TV <laughs> all day and you know watching a whole series of Netflix straight oh, yeah. in a row because it didn't matter mm -hmm. what time I got up in the morning. That was weird. Right. So it kind of got my, my routine out of balance. So I've had to redo a routine for myself, um, which I love because then you have the opportunity to start over and how do I want to spend my mornings? How do I want to spend my evenings? Um, and also once the lockdown stopped, I started having my store open only by appointment, which is something I've wanted to do for years, but never mm -hmm. quite did mm -hmm. the transition. That way I can still travel and do the appearances. I can still act. Um, and it doesn't, it's not like someone comes to my store and sees a sign saying back next month, I'm in Europe, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. you know? So this way, uh, if people go to armaniwells.com, they can actually schedule at their convenience. And if I'm not available, those times are blocked out. Oh, well. mm -hmm. So that is extraordinary for me. And uh, my customers like it. They get all my attention. Normally, they always <laughs> get my attention. Yeah. But this way, it's more focused. Hello. Oh, shoot. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. When my <laughs> no phone problem. rings, I should turn my phone on, not disturb. Um, <laughs> I always am the only one to take care of my customers, but sometimes there'll be three or four at a time that I'm taking care of at the same time. Now it's just my customer and his wife or my customer on his own. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I really 
style people. I they walk in. I just say a man needs to just walk in with his wallet. I will do all of the rest. I'll dress <laughs> them, I'll yeah. style them, I make everything oh, wow. match each other. I come up with a great price that's fair for everybody, and mm -hmm. it's only the highest end clothing. So I'm ecstatic to be able to be back at work, and I love being open by appointment. I mean, I've got um, three times this month I'm traveling. And it's not oh, wow. affecting my bottom line because, and it's not, it's not going to hurt the feelings of my customers because they can still right. come see me. It's just a beautiful thing. So that I would say is a huge beauty about um, what's come from this mm -hmm. whole lockdown COVID experience. And, and it's also safer. I'm not seeing strangers walking in off the street. I don't know what they have or what they don't. Oh, um, right. People come in, it's an appointment. My door's locked. They need to be wearing their mask. And yes. if they're not wearing a mask, I've got plenty to share. Um, wow, so yes, it's safe. Good. And, and I need to feel safe as well as my customers. Yeah. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, my play mom is 89 and my pop is, my real dad is 97 in February. Oh, wow. I have mm -hmm. a lot of reason to stay healthy. Yeah. Them. Yes. Um, so I'm, uh, um, I mean, I've, I've had losses as uh, I think it's almost like everyone knows someone with cancer. It's almost like everyone knows someone who's died of COVID mm -hmm. and it's astounding That's and it's shocking. It's shocking to me. It's still shocking to me. Um, but I, but the positives are the ones I focus on yep. and staying yeah. healthy and staying uh, safe. And, you know, speaking of COVID, we launched this show January uh -oh, I can't 20th. Hear you. Uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear us? Uh, I can't hear you. How about now? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, we, we can, can hear you. We can hear you. We could do, uh, you could do sign language. I read a little bit. <laughs> I can't hear you. Huh. Oh, wow. Can you? I'm not sure why. Oh, it's our side. It's not our Does side. it all look fine? Yeah, it's every fine. Yeah. Yeah, everything looks fine. Hmm. It's when her phone check. rang earlier. I don't know what happened. I, what should we I, do? I, I don't know because I've never had this happen before. I can um, I can just talk. I mean, I, I know I, I'm used to questions. You want me to do that? <laughs> How old you is your store, Claudia? You know what? It's 30 years old. December 19th, it turned 30 years old. I was 25 when it opened and I am 55 now. And I'm proud of it. Um, I'm a single mom of a son who's 27 in January, which is mind boggling. And I have um, on Facebook, actually, which we're on live. Um, if you go to at the Claudia Wells, when we're done, I'm trying to hide my little iPad. Um, uh, that's my page on Facebook. And it's uh, I'm very blessed. There's just a ton of people on it. And I'm, I'm grateful for every last one of them. I do all my own posts. I read all of my own. I read every single comment and they make me chuckle. And um, I'm at the Claudia Wells. It's the page and also Armani Wells. And then on face on uh, Instagram, it's also at the Claudia Wells. Oh, that's perfect. Tell us how Back to the Future started with you. You know, by the way, this is the second interview I've done with someone who had who um, I couldn't hear and they ended up doing it that way too. <laughs> Can you hear us yet? Or um, Well, Back to the Future was my first movie and I'd already been acting for 10 years at that point. Uh, I started opera in San Francisco when I was eight and I was in 10 operas from the age of eight to 12, then moved to LA and I'd done so much television. I 
not gotten a movie yet, but I screen tested for Adventures in Babysitting, Gremlins, Goonies, Young Sherlock Holmes, um, gosh, Lucas, Labyrinth was down to me and the girl who got it. So many movies I almost got, but didn't. So when I walked into uh, the audition for Back to the Future, the casting people already knew me because they had brought me in, you know, to test for so many of the huge movies. Um, so I only had one audition and the guy who was auditioning for Marty was on his 11th callback, 11th callback. Um, and we did the scene that, um, where Marty wow. and Jennifer, uh, Marty and, um, Lorraine are in the car at the dance and she's drinking and she's smoking. That's the scene that was my audition scene. Uh, Steven yeah. Spielberg was in the room, Bob Zemeckis, Bob Gale, Neil Canton, Fenton Feinberg, Judy Taylor, Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy, and a cameraman. I think that's everyone. Um, and I just had the greatest time ever. As Steven and I were talking probably for an hour and a half, he was asking me all these questions. And I kept saying, don't tell my mom. If I answer this question, you better not tell my mom. Promise me you won't tell my mom. And he promised. And then as I was leaving, he said, uh-oh, the camera's been running this whole time. I'll have to be careful. And he had kicked out the cameraman after about two minutes because he said, there can't be a video camera in here without me behind it. It was a great experience. And then I found out I had the part. So it was just oh, wow. actually very yeah. simple. I was really born in Malaysia. Oh, this is cool. We're answering for people. Oh, awesome. Um, I was born in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, a suburb of Taling Jaya in Southeast Asia. My father uh, researches, did research tropical diseases for 60 years. Actually, no, that's not true. For about 80 years uh, or 78 years. Um, and he was researching tropical diseases and trying to find a solution for the tribe's kids who were getting um, parasites going in through their feet um, in, in the water and they were getting diseased. And my dad discovered that there's a particular snail that uh, exudes this uh, enzyme that kills the particular parasites that were killing the tribes people. And he put those snails in the water and solved the whole problem. So my parents lived there for two and a half years. My dad is one of the great minds of the world um, as a scientist and um, parasitologist and uh, head of epidemiology. He started the joint, or uh, was dean of the joint medical program of UC Berkeley and UCSF. He's a, uh, uh, I'm very, very proud to be his daughter. He's, he's a, a very special man. When did, oh, when I was born. I knew when I was born, I wanted to be an actress. So the question was, when did it click that acting could be a career? I had no doubt that it wouldn't be a career. When I used to watch Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Romper Room, I knew that's where I wanted to be and that's what I wanted to do. And it never occurred to me that it wouldn't happen. And I think that that foresight of confidence and clarity and um, decisiveness had a lot to do with my success. Did they contact you for Back to the Future Part 2? Did you and Crispin get a shot or was it not considered? Good question. Yes, they did. And I had the part. Um, my mom got ill after the first Back to the Future. And I went through a lot of emotional trauma as a result of that, obviously. Wow. And uh, it was a very troubling time for me um, in life. And I wasn't, I left acting. I wasn't, I wasn't interested to 
um, go back to acting. Hey, Joe, can you, if you can hear me, the, let me know. The comfortable place where to act from. And um, I'm acting now. I always knew when I left that I would come back uh, on my own terms and I would come back and prayerfully have a stronger career than ever because I've had so much experience in life that I hadn't had when I was acting before. So there's a lot of roles I can play from personal experience. I would have um, like scene study of them as opposed to making it up. Crispin, um, I don't know what happened with Crispin, but they did want him. And he's uh, a superb actor. I actually was in the drama department with Crispin Glover in high school at Beverly Hills High School. So that's that. But I'm still great friends with everyone. And I do tons of Back to the Future, everything. I'm a huge proponent and cheerleader for the franchise. I support everything that they do. And I am completely honored to um, be Jennifer Parker and to have the opportunities that it has afforded me, including this interview. And the fact that I got to be Jennifer, even if it was in part one and not two and three, doesn't take away from uh, the joy that people experience when they find that out and, they, and we meet. It's just a, it's an indescribable feeling being able to change someone's day just by saying hello and existing. It's just something I don't take for granted at all. I got into men's clothing. That's a good question. I got into men's clothing because there was a need. Um, there was a lot of women's resale shops. eBay didn't even exist when I opened my store or or for many years after. Um, there was no such thing as men's resale. There was wow. one woman's store, a resale store called The Placing Company that had a small section for men. And I love seeing a well-dressed man. I also think it's not fair that only the highest income men can buy the best clothes because it's not the case for women and it shouldn't be the case for men. And for men, yeah. it's more important to dress in fine clothing than for women. We can wear a $30 dress and look cute. A man cannot wear a $30 suit and look cute. He's going to look like he's wearing a cardboard box and he's never going to find it in the first place unless he goes to a garage sale. So I wanted all men to have the opportunity to look phenomenal and dashing and beautiful. And I believe that a man's birthright is dignity and power and respect. And I wanted to show them who they are through the clothing. And I wanted to treat, and I do treat men how I feel they deserve to be treated. And sometimes they don't realize they deserve to be treated like that. And sometimes they do and they're, they're appreciative. But I do think that, and I've always thought that men have a lot on their shoulders to carry in this world. And you know, there's a lot of responsibilities that they're just automatically given because they're men. So I wanted a spot where there was no pressure, there's no anger or bitterness or exes or anything yucky. It's all pleasure and happiness. It's all, it's like Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth. And they're catered to and uh, it's, it's affordable. So if you're super rich, you're gonna wanna save money. And I, I have super rich guys and that's why they're super rich. They know how to shop. And then I have guys who are just starting out you know, I've, I dressed some, uh, one of my customer's sons in his first suit at 12 and his wedding suit at, in his 20s. <laughs> so can you log out and back to see if sound works? Yeah, you want me to do that? Okay. I'm going to leave now. Hey, everyone. Let's see if we can get her back and where she can hear us. Um, 
Hopefully this, so. I think when someone called her phone, it knocked the sound out. I think Most that's happened likely. a couple times before, I think. Yeah, we have had that happen. And they had to log out and time. back in. So let's yeah. hope that we get sound. Boy, it's so hard to like type this up, but I'm used to this. This is the first for the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to wait till it gets further in the show, you know, before we did this. So let's just try this. Yeah, we'll see if it works. <laughs> Hopefully it does. <laughs> Oh, it's been a crazy time. Oh, by the way, we're coming up January 3rd will be five um, or January 3rd will be a second anniversary. Yep. Second year anniversary. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. That was my second silent interview I've ever done. Oh, wow. So glad it's working. It was now. hard on this side because I'm used to just talking and chit chat. Yeah, that was a first for us. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I always say you never know what a day will bring. Yeah, he's, he's so our, our buddy Jesse. Woo! Yeah, all working now. The also. only time I've ever been told I look cute is in my military dress blues. LOL. Other than that, just get judges judged on humor. Humor is wonderful. You're not getting judged on it. You're getting appreciated for it. And yep, all military go. men look cute. All <laughs> firemen and policemen look cute. I love a man in uniform. Even oh, the gas mechanic uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said that, you know, it just clicked from almost day one that this was supposed to be a career for you. Um, Absolutely. I love that. You know, because sometimes people that they want to be that, but then there's that point in time where it clicks where, oh, this can actually be it. Because, you know, sometimes people get into acting and they, it's a hobby. And then later in life, they're like, oh, this could be a career. That's true. There are some super famous people who started in their fifties and they're extraordinary. Um, I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I, I grew up with my mom since I was under two and I was a weekend daughter with my dad and my mom um, believed in me and believed in the impossible. No. So mm -hmm. she supported my career, which is highly unusual for a parent to do. When my son was 12, yeah. I looked at him and I thought if my son, asked me to move to another city and start over again because he wanted to be an astronaut, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I have my store, I've got my church family, I've got things that keep me, my, my babies, I have things that keep me here. My kitties are my babies. But, um, so I, I have to give, uh, give uh, accolades to my mom for her belief in me. She used Love to say, that. reach for the moon mm -hmm. and settle for the stars. She used to say, anything yeah. is possible. If you think it, you can do it. Exactly. And she would also mm -hmm. say, where, where in the sky does it say life is fair? Like, yep. You make your own fairness, really. You make your own fairness. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you, <laughs> you know, you know, always like, like the little quote where people said, um, you know, you look at two different lives and, and it's not how far they've come, you know, that matters. It's what they had to go through to get there. Absolutely. That's very true. That's very true. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a funny story. I, I hope I remember um, at least partially right about these two brothers. And one was a, a, an optimist and one always saw the negative in everything. And there was nothing that they could do about it. And the parents gave one brother keys to a car for Christmas. And he looked at the keys and he's like, now I'm going to have to deal with gas. Now I'm going to have to deal with yeah. insurance. Now I'm going to have to deal with mm -hmm. getting possibly in a car crash. Why would you do that to me? They gave mm -hmm. his brother a sack of manure. 
he opened the sack of manure and he got so excited. He goes, if there's manure here, there's got to be a pony somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yes. So it's really oh. all, all in your mind how you look at situations. Yeah, That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I love is. that. And you know, because a lot of people thought we were crazy launching this show because, you know, even Sandy thought I was when I, you know, I came up with the idea of the show in 2019. And I was like, let's, I was like, you know, we, we started a little site called New Country Buzz. And this, this was actually started as a country music show and evolved, and, from, and evolved there. from there. And now it's an entertainment show, inter, interview show. And, and I remember telling Sandy about let's launch this show. And what would you say? I was like, Hustle Hunter Show, what will we call it? I was like, I was what like, else? The Chris and Sandy Show. I was like, you're crazy. Nobody knows who we are. And, and I'm like, you know, well, they can get to know who we are. And, you know, yeah. we just, we thought we had a great idea and we launched yeah. and, and Sandy said, I'll do anything you want on the show. Just don't put me ever on video. Ah, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and, and then last October, because we started as a just, a, um, audio show so last october she went she came to me and said um do you think it would be better if we did video good for you and good for you and, and it's we, a little easier we had a one-year-old when we first started now we have a, she's almost three she'll be wow so she, and she goes down now, for a nap during yes. our thing but We've before this we trained she, she wasn't trained so right. the audio worked really good because she could be on the phone through the audio with and holding baby. Oh, <laughs> very smart. Very smart. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that there were many times where she's talking and cleaning a butt. Oh, <laughs> yes. Rossi, just stop crying. So, well, so I'm happy was, to know you guys. So it was about timing because you know timing was All everything. All about timing. Now you know a lot of people they see the glory in what you do, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes um, to get to the high levels in entertainment. And I always want to talk mm -hmm. about that because I think that people think, oh, if you got talent, you got it made, or if you got talent, I'm going to make it. But we both know that that's not always true. Um, so tell us a little bit about the struggles and sacrifices you've had to go through to get through your life. Well, I used to tell people, if you thrive on rejection, be an actor. If there's anything <laughs> that you can think of that would fulfill you other than acting, do that. If there's nothing else you can, you really feel that you're made for, then be an actor. Because there's, come on, Goldie, there's so much uh, rejection. And people say, well, it's objective. It's, it's not. It's actually subjective. You're mm -hmm. too fat. You're too thin. Your hair's too dark. Your hair's too light. You're too short. You're too tall. I don't like your smile. I don't like your ankles. I mean, it's just, it could be anything. It's whoever's ego is strongest in the room of the deciding people. There was a, a movie, um, a major motion picture that was down to me and one girl. They couldn't decide and they had each of us audition five times with the same wow. guy in the oh, same, wow. you know, uh, tower at, at, in Century City mm -hmm. um, with the same five or six people. And she got the role. And I saw the producer at a dinner party a year later and I said, um, so why did you bring us in five times reading the same thing? You know, we're going to wear the same clothes and we're reading with the same guy. So it's not about him. And he said, we could not decide between the two of you. And we were arguing with each other. So we kept bringing you in again. Aw, thanks, Tim. That's so nice of you. Aw. <laughs> I love your acting so much, Claudia. You should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. That's nice. Um, so anyway, they flipped a coin. 
Oh, wow. Oh, that's wow. how she got the part, and I didn't. So oh, that's you crazy. just don't have any guarantees in acting. What yeah. uh, I have to count on is God's love for me and mm -hmm. that he loves me because he created me in my mother's womb. Yeah. He loves yeah. me because he says I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And he says that I was made for a great purpose. And yeah. he yeah. loves me because of him, not because of me. So there's nothing I can do to take that love away. I can't do something wrong and have him not love me. He doesn't love me because I earned it or I deserve it. He loves me because of who he is, not who I am. Yes. So it took me a long time to really realize, even during COVID, I still have to remind myself every single day, I am who I am because of God, not because of what I do. And then on the other mm -hmm. hand of it, he gives us opportunities and we act on them or we yeah. go forward in, in fear and have courage that he'll come in, our, you know, in after we take the first step, then mm -hmm. he'll carry us the rest of the way. So that's just like he healed me from 19 years of addictions, 14. We ju I just crossed 14 years sober. And I remember waking up December 26, 07. And I, f I realized I'm about to destroy another marriage because she didn't deserve this. Um, she put up with a lot of crap, um, but she loved me anyway through it all. Um, she was totally my angel. But I woke up, knew it was, and I, I was at the end of the rope, basically. I told God, look, either take the desire away or take me away. Yeah. One's, one's got to go. And um, and I remember feeling a prompt that, like, giving 30 days. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you're, I'm thinking I'm going crazy now. I'm like, you're God. What do you mean give you 30 days? Mm -hmm. But one thing I've learned since then is every miracle in the Bible was always preceded with some form of obedience. Those 30 yes. days was my obedience. Yes. And, I, that's and I've had zero desire since. That's biblical. Obedience is uh, preferred over sacrifice. It's the mm -hmm. obedience. Yeah, that's, that's what God does. Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, even um, with anything, I stopped smoking. And mm -hmm. it's the same way. I was like, God, I don't even want to stop smoking, but I know I have to stop smoking. Yeah. Um, but I can't. I can't. I've been smoking on and off since I was 17. Oh, wow. I mean, how am I supposed to stop just like that? And um, I woke up and he took the desire away. He took the taste out of my mouth. Wow. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, we pray for a while before something like that happens because his timing is perfect. And um, so all of that has to do with life in acting or life running my store or <clears throat> i mean in 30 years a lot has taken place emotionally and personally and and mm -hmm. physically i've had you know neck surgery and back surgery and another wow. neck surgery and you know all kinds of things employees that work out employees that don't work out um so i run everything on my own now it's god's store and i have the privilege of running it and it's just me myself and i and um it's it's just a beautiful thing so there's been a lot of struggles, ton. So we talked a little bit about the struggles and sacrifices. Let's flip the script and go the other way. What are a few moments, some wow moments for you? Oh, I've had a million. <laughs> I've had a million. Bill Bixby directed one of the episodes of, of Herbie the Love Bug I did. Oh, I grew up watching Courtship of Eddie's Father. Mm -hmm. And he's so handsome. And he's such a, a brilliant director. Actors make amazing directors. Leah Thompson is directing all the time now. There's just mm -hmm. something about being directed by an actor that's oh, wow. so yeah. special. 
And I was just really wanted him to have a crush on my mom so he could be my new stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out, but he was a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, also, um, Martin Sheen. I worked with him on his directorial debut. And oh, wow. he had us at his house for five days in a row to practice like, like a play. And there was only five of us in the movie. It was a school break special called Babies Having Babies. It won some Emmys. And working with a master of acting as a director and his whole goal is to put into us what he knows. And so I wrote, I, I filled a whole notebook with notes of everything he said. Um, Gerald McCraney, an actor starring in Simon and Simon. I worked with him on his directorial debut and it was a, one of my favorite roles I've ever played. It was uh, uh, called Slither or um, I mean, obviously, Back to the Future was a wow moment when I got the part. What was really a wow yep. moment was mm -hmm. I had to um, release, I had to be released from, from being Jennifer. I was cast when Eric Stoltz was cast. And oh, then mm -hmm. the series, the pilot I had done with Ed Asner and Eileen Brennan called Off the Rack for ABC got picked up for a mid-season replacement. Oh, right. And we had Ed Asner on. We did last you what? year. We had Ed Asner on last year. On oh, don't you love him? He's a curmudgeon. He was the best. I love it. I worked with him twice. I worked with him mm -hmm. in um, the series Off the Rack, and I played his daughter in a movie oh, wow. called oh, wow. of an Illness, the Norman Cousins story. But um, so I had, uh, uh, ABC would not share me with Universal, with Amblin, and my the pilot was my original contract prior to getting the part <clears throat> in back to the future so they won and ed used to say let the kid do a movie instead of sitting around eating bagels all day because it was a <laughs> show in front of a live audience so we just like hung out all week until oh, Friday. Wow. oh wow uh, yeah so they recast my part because i they had to and then uh like eight or nine weeks later when eric was let go I was done with Off the Rack. They had hired Michael J. Fox as Marty, which is someone that they had wanted at the beginning also. Yeah. And he's 5'4". I'm 5'3 and a half. cast my part in is 5'6 or 5'7". Mm -hmm. and, and they asked around to the ladies on the set, do you think it works with someone so tall being with Marty? And they thought, no. So I got my part back because oh. I'm short. <laughs> <laughs> worked in your favor there. yeah and that's the uh, glory of god he oh he wow. knows how everything's gonna work out yes and drugs didn't exist in the first place claudia and i hate mm -hmm. drugs so much especially smoking mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think a lot of times i think drugs are the counterfeit of the holy spirit you know the mm -hmm. holy spirit that that is feels like a nice warm hug from the sun i think drugs uh of chasing that high is chasing that similar feeling so i mm -hmm. actually think that the enemy uses drugs yep. as oh. a counterfeit to what god provides for free mm -hmm. exactly yeah. <clears throat> so as you know a lot of people they see the glory i mean they see the glory a bit there uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. my mind is like going 100 mile an hour Next right now um, but you know as you know a lot of people they see you, but they don't see the team behind you. In right. our opinion, the teams never get they the don't. love they deserve. So take a few moments. Tell us about the team that's behind you that helps you be who you are. You mean as a teenager myself? No, the team. Oh, team. Yes, oh, okay. Team. Um, my mom. 
Uh, she was my manager, um, momager, for as much heartache as it caused. I still, um, had she not done what she did, had she not sacrificed what she sacrificed, I would never have had those opportunities at that time. I think God would have brought them on or I would have done something else. And uh, I mean, like my store, I'm, I'm fully fulfilled doing my store, but I'm, I'm also fully fulfilled doing acting. So I would say my mom is number one. Um, I had an agent, Judith Neff, she's still an agent, and Michael Marshall, who worked uh, at Jack Field's office, he was mm -hmm. the main one. Mm -hmm. And they had such a strong belief in me. They really, it, at the, at, in the 80s, agents worked really hard for their clients that they had a passion for. And you know everything was in person and on the phone. E emails didn't exist yet. And, we had fax machines and um, it's cra crazy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so I would, so they were a huge support. Um, I studied with different uh, teachers and I usually got a part in the midst of the classes so I wouldn't be able to complete the class, but doing those classes gave me the confidence to know I could go in and audition and do well because I saw the response I was getting from the people mm -hmm. around me and from the teacher. Really? And I think yeah. having um, a, a great education so was a very helpful as well because I was able to read scripts and memorize because I had memorized so many, you know, the prepositions in alphabetical order for Becky Pringle in the seventh grade or uh, everything about the war of 1812 and uh, Roman history and all that for Fred, the mean teacher when I was in sixth through eighth grade, Fred, <laughs> I can't really call him, or I would call him out. <clears throat> eight page essay that I worked so hard on and I didn't put my name on it and he gave me a zero. Oh, wow. No bitterness, I am a forgiving woman. Um, <laughs> so I'd say my teachers in school, um, mm -hmm. um, the directors I worked with are superb. I mean, a, a show is as good as the director. Even my first pilot I ever did was called uh, Able to Do, and um, Persky, Robert Persky, I think it was Robert Persky was the director, and he ended up directing all of the Kate Nallies. And the director of another pilot I did ended up directing all of the Cosby shows. I mean, I worked with superb people. The most important person ever would be Dean Jones. He, he's the star, he's, he's in heaven now. He's the star of all the Herbie the Love Bug movies. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, and they made a TV series version of it, which I starred in as his love interest daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, Trisha Hardy played his love interest. She was awesome. And so we had six episodes, was, I think five episodes plus the pilot, and Dean would take me aside every single day on set. Only me, no one else. And sit mm -hmm. on the grass, Claudia. I want to talk to you about something. And he would talk to me about wow. God. And he would talk to me about the Holy Spirit. And he mm -hmm. would talk to me about discernment. And all of these things no one had ever talked to me about before. Ever. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then he invited my mom and I to join him and his wife at church every Sunday. And then afterwards, we'd go out for lunch. And he would always be, you know, he was fun. We talked about all kinds of things. But mainly God. Mm -hmm. And a relationship with him and and i did the sinner's prayer with him at lunch one day when i was 15 uh, mm -hmm. and i was you know i was 
for me, it was so I could guarantee my spot in heaven because I know that God writes our names in the book of life. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Give them our heart. And when we um, choose to have faith and believe that his son is Christ and the Christ and God and man together, because it's all faith and belief. No, there's no, you know, we can't go, can you just make yourself appear in front of me right now? It's really in faith and it's belief. And I chose to have that faith. I chose to have that belief. And I do think, even though I went through some very treacherous times after, I think that's why I lived through them. That's why I survived. Because God so you is beat cancer at 19 because with the help of God. I did. And yeah. last year I had a 14-pound fibroid taken out. Wow. And, uh, <clears throat> And I was died in a car crash when I was 19 and oh, wow. um, yeah. So, and many other times, but uh, that's the number one, most important thing ever. And I worked with a girl, um, Apuswa Busia in babies, having babies. She was Nettie in the color <laughs> purple and she brought me to her church every Sunday. And then she brought me to um, her Bible study called Christian entertainers fellowship led by Frank Wilson who left Motown at its height. He was a Grammy producer and writer. I mean, he wrote for Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, The Supremes, all of them. He he brought the um, Motown to California. Um, He was just under Barry Gordy. And when he discovered God and the Holy Spirit, he left his career at Motown and started doing Bible studies for high level entertainers so they could have a private place to study the word without fans and without pressure of having to be perfect. So she brought me to that. And that was 30 something years ago, like 33 years ago. Wow. And then he started a church, New Dawn Christian Village. He became a pastor, started a church. That was about 14 years ago. And I went to his church, um, New Dawn Christian Village. So I'm a founding church member. And it's I still go to that church today. Mm-hmm. Pastor Frank's mm-hmm. in heaven now. Uh, first, and we've had Pastor Erwin Guevara for seven years, who's amazing. And he literally, even though he never met Pastor Frank, mm-hmm. following exactly what Pastor had as his vision of the church wow. to help the community to really make a difference in people's lives, to change the world, to really affect people, to to elevate God's agenda above our own, to mm-hmm. to choose to know people and love them. Um, and I still go to that church every Sunday and we had it on, on zoom or on Facebook. It's new dawn LA on Facebook and it's on YouTube. Like Um, our main church we go, we've been going to since 2010, but the funny story behind it is, is back in 2010, um, we always go to these free events with free food. If it's free food, we're there. Yes, I'm there. Yes. And, and, you know, it's just a couple of years after I got sober and all that. But we weren't back at church or anything. So Sandy was like seeing this ad that said that this community, this church having a community thing for the community, for the free food and all that. You're welcome to come mm-hmm. Wednesday nights. And she's like, um, but it said, you don't have to stay for service if you don't want. Yeah. So she figured she'd ask me. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. Let's give it a try. So we went that Wednesday, the next Wednesday, the next Wednesday, and then I finally a whole month. Then yeah. I finally said, "Okay, I'm ready for the Sunday. Let's see." We we walk in. I immediately knew it was not at the right place. Immediately knew uh, yeah, that that was not, not for our not our style. style. 
and I'm now, so I'm sitting down as, as the whole, everything's going and I'm talking to God now. I'm like, okay, you open my heart up and I know I'm not supposed to be here. What am I supposed to do with this? And I remember the little nudge. I'll never forget it. Um, cause nobody's never invited us to this church or not, but I, I felt God say, you're supposed to be at Savannah Christian church. Wow. And, and so we walk out of this church and I told Sandy, I was like, um, were you comfortable there? Of course I was hoping she'd say no. <laughs> and, and, um, so I like, great. Cause God said, cause God already told me we're supposed to go next week to Savannah Christian church and we're supposed to become members. Now we just had a bad experience and I'm telling her that. We're, we, we don't even know what this other church is and we're supposed to become members, but we've been there ever since. Oh, That's, love it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. He puts us where we're meant to be. Oh, my church mm -hmm. is, um, it's my but church. We, but every time we go out of town, we find a local church to go to. Yeah, we do. That's awesome. I love visiting churches when I'm out of town. Yeah. I always say I'm going to, and I don't always do it because Sundays, usually the show starts at 11, but um, I, I do want to get more disciplined and really do that because then I could go to church all over the world. So yeah. Oh, I guess I better get our third co-host, right? Yeah. So, so um, we've got a third co-host that we bring on the show. Our nine-year-old. Nine He's he, about to be oh, 10 in a few it. days. Yeah. His name's Christopher and he loves to come on and ask a couple questions. So Sandy's going to go get good. him. Yeah. And we've got an almost three-year-old that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into our show too. So you'll have a foursome. <laughs> yep, exactly. Because yeah, we are a family affair show. You're already oh, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> so what's been your hardest role to play? I've never had a role that was hard to play because I love acting so much. I've had roles that I didn't know anything about how to do. And like my first I played a drug addict in um, Strike Force, which was my first episodic with Robert Stack. So I called my, and I just moved to LA, you know, maybe six months earlier. So I called my pediatrician in San Francisco and I said, what are the mannerisms of someone on drugs? And he mm -hmm. literally told me different things that they, you know, happen to your mouth and, and different things. So I, I inputted that into my role, but it wasn't mm -hmm. hard. It was just, I, oh, I've wow. done, re I do just research. Different. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Claudia. So what's your favorite food? Oh, my goodness. I could eat Chinese food every day for the rest of my life. But it needs to be San Francisco Chinese food because that's <laughs> so much better than L.A.'s Chinese food, which is still okay. Um, chocolate souffle. Okay, you know what? Garden of Life smoothies. <laughs> Sounds like I really did that on purpose. I drink Garden of Life smoothies every single day, and it it's my favorite food because I, I make it with frozen fruit and it, it keeps me uh, not hungry all day. So for that reason, and it tastes super good. I would, I would say these would win. So garden of life. What's yours? Mine is pizza. Ah, good. You better keep exercising. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. So was it very TV show? What's my favorite TV show? Is that what you asked me? Yes. Oh, gosh, these are good questions. Um, gosh, I go through phases, like Grey's Anatomy was my favorite for a while, or Law and Order. Oh, Law and Order SUV. I really like that show. 
Oh, that's a good one. A lot with Mariska Hargitay. Mm -hmm. She and I auditioned for the movie Breakin. Remember that yeah. that movie in the eighties that was oh, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 Breakin and Breakin yeah, too. Remember? Yeah, with Boogaloo Shrimp, who I uh -huh. saw in a music video called "Stop the Madness" with years later. Oh wow! Yeah, so we're in this huge um, auditorium type big dance studio room. And they're trying to teach us like, okay, now we want you to do this. And we're standing in the back looking at each other like, do they not know we're actors? <laughs> and clearly neither one of us got the part, nor did <laughs> we're like, I think we're in the wrong audition. There's no way. So that was funny. Uh, what else? <laughs> got one more. All right. Uh, yes. And mine is SpongeBob. Oh, I love SpongeBob. Yeah. Is that, and what's the question about it? Huh? Oh, oh, next question. Oh, your next question. Okay, my next question is, what's a fair movie? <laughs> oh, I get it. Your favorite show is SpongeBob. Yeah. Uh, so my son and I watch that all the time. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Living in the pineapple under the sea with yeah. fabby cakes. Yeah. And our three-year-old, or almost three-year-old, loves it, loves it and all that. And what's been cool about this show is because, as you know, we bring on actors and all that. We've been able to bring in a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney actors on our oh, show yeah. who he loves too. That's awesome. You're doing such great questions, Christopher. All right, last question. Okay, what's a fair movie? My favorite movie other than Back to the Future, yeah, he does rock, uh, is, <laughs> is a movie called Francis. I don't know if you're old enough to see it yet. It starred Jessica <laughs> Bay, and she was nominated for an Academy Award for it. Um, she won the award that year for Tootsie, uh, co-starring. Uh, oh, wow. It is about a woman who is forced into mental institutions and craziness by her mother and uh, by her mother, really. And uh, she was a superb actress and she got very, very famous. It's a true story. And it's about oh. her life. It's uh, Frances Farmer's life. And it's just absolutely I was spellbound. Mm -hmm. What's yours? Mine's Dominions movie. Dominions? Yes. Oh, Dominions. Dominions. Oh, really? I never saw that. I went to their opening party, though. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. They've, they built such a strong brand, I tell you. That branding is brilliant. All of all the shows that do branding, that's really smart. All right. Bye, thanks. Bye. Nice meeting you. Thanks, Christopher. <laughs> yeah, he he loves it. He's been on almost every episode. He loves to be on the show. In fact, next summer, because he wants to start his own little show, like 10 minutes with, with him. So we're going to try to work him into that. That's beautiful. Someone just wrote Garden of Life. You can get at GNC and online. It's not a location, but a product. Oh, very good. That's true. Garden of Life, um, you, you can Google it and you get it online. Mine comes from, I choose it from online as well. And they just deliver it right to your door. It's, it's spectacular. Vegan, healthy, no sugar, no no carbs, no fat. It's it's pure health. Wow. Awesome. And it tastes good. Oh, that's even better. That, what are some sources of inspiration for you? My sister, uh, Marilyn Bobian, she's my church sister, is always an inspiration to me. My actual blood sister is always, her name's Jennifer, actually. Ah, yeah. Isn't that funny? She oh, is wow. always uh, um, an inspiration to me. My pastor is always an inspiration to me. Um, 
when I see people have been through heartache and made it through, like, okay, actually, that's one of my favorite shows is a show called Intervention and mm-hmm. a show called mm-hmm. My 600 Pound Life. I love that. Oh, I've seen every single episode. Those. Yeah. All yes. Anything that, um, even a, um, there's a Mark Leta on, on uh, it's called Soft White Underbelly because mm-hmm. the soft white underbelly of a crocodile is this is the only part that can get hurt, like really hurt. Oh, wow. So I, I, love, I love being inspired by people who go through horrible experiences and come out of them changed and strong, um, whether it's losing weight or getting off drugs or um, just, you know, getting off the streets if you're homeless. I, I love uh, all of that inspires me a lot. Mm-hmm. And what would you like for your legacy to be as an actress and as a business owner? What would you like to be known and remembered for? What a great question. Um, I need God to help me on that one. I would like my legacy to be that I was able to change lives for the better because I was alive. I would Mm -hmm. like it to be that I grew into the best self that I could be which will change generations ahead of me. Um, she didn't quit. She kept she kept getting back up. No matter how many times she fell down, she kept getting back up. And, it, and it's, it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up that counts. So That's you so fall true. 100 times, but you get up 101 times, you won. That's like before we launched this show, we've probably launched, launched over a hundred different business ideas that all failed at least yeah <laughs> at least i <laughs> at mean least probably that more thing. than that but at least Maybe more yeah. Than that, yeah. back to the future took 10 years to sell <laughs> wow I know that. They shopped it around at studios and had it sold oh. earlier i wouldn't have been old enough to play my part <laughs> oh that's true i mean all things all went together time. for good to those who love the lord and are called according to his purposes all things not just the good things but all things work together for good so um, I look on that. Yeah, yes. I guess, um, she didn't quit. Great answer. She kept striving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No and matter what. If you could say anything to your fans and followers, what would you want to tell them? I love you. I love each <laughs> and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. I think Back to the Future fans are the best fans on the planet. They win the prize for best fans, best super fans, best, most loyal human beings, intelligent, quirky, uh, successful, smart, wonderful, humorous people. And I read every single message, um, not message, I don't read any of the messages on the DMs actually. I read every Mm -hmm. single post that people Uh write. If I do a post and they do the comments, that's what I do. Yes, literally mm-hmm. every single one. And in the, the if you're really mean, you get blocked. But I've only had to right. block a few people. Well, that's me. good. That's You're're good. We're yeah, the same literally. Way. I mean, out of all of my fans, I've maybe blocked five people. Oh wow! Out of, oh, wow. Th- out of hundreds of thousands. Wow, that's amazing. One hundred ninety-two thousand something. And mm, yeah. That says a lot. Um, I think that. Um, I, I just want my fans to know that I consider each and every one of them a friend, not a fan, like a real um, human being that takes part in my life. So it's not something way out there. It's something in here. And I adore meeting 
meeting them at shows I do and appearances I do and when they come into my store. There's something so honorable and special about having the ability to have that kind of an experience because I was in Back to the Future. I don't take it for granted wow. at all. And I appreciate it. <laughs> and, you know, talking about taking 10 years and, and underdog and all that, you know, makes me think of the Sylvester Stallone story. Yes. You know, cause again, you know, he had this crazy movie idea that every that people believed in, but they were like, Oh no, you can't play the part. And he's like, right. well, you're, well, you're not getting, <laughs> you're not getting this movie. And eventually he had, what didn't he have to actually do it himself? It's incredible. And then and, what did he get up to Rocky 12 or something? <laughs> yeah. So amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know, it, I've always said if, if you keep on going and you keep on striving, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Just don't quit. Yeah. We never imagined getting to, you know, we're over, you know, we started this show January, 2020. We never imagined getting over 500 interviews. That's amazing. In that short time. Yes, that's in that time for the first two no, years. No, that's impressive. You know, it's, it's it's like with the whole COVID thing, you know, because, um, you know, it's back to what we talked about COVID earlier. That was the thing is, the, you know, the original plan was to, was to do 100 interviews first year, but then COVID happens and kind of opened the door for us. And we're like, you know what? All these entertainers need a place to talk. We're going to give it to them. And because of that, we, we've, we're we over 500 interviews now. That's brilliant. That's beautiful. It's a great opportunity for everybody, especially the listeners and the watchers. And yeah, we, definitely tag at the Claudia Wells so it'll go to my page too. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, we will. Yeah. And also for fans, if they go to ClaudiaWells.com, that's where we update my um, event schedule. I've got uh, one, two, three bookings for January. On the 15th, uh -huh. I'll be in Arizona wow. mm -hmm. um, uh, making an appearance. On the 22nd, I'll be in Redlands making an appearance. And on the 29th, I'll be in Blackpool, England making an appearance. Uh -huh. So all of the details of those will be either on, will be both on at the Claudia Wells as well as ClaudiaWells.com. And to schedule um, coming into my store, that's ArmaniWells.com. And um, and also a charity I'm uh, an ambassador of and a founding member of is called Kids in the Spotlight. Oh, and well, we, tell us about that. Yeah, tell us more about yeah, that. We bring filmmaking um, to foster kids. And through filmmaking and them writing the script and them acting and them seeing all the different parts, moving parts of it, um, they realize that they're more than they've been told they are. And we literally bring it wow. to the foster care institutions where wow. they live and go to school. And then we bring in professional, super professional, high-end directors and camera crew and craft services. And we actually film what they've written and what they're starring in. And then we, we put it into a DVD and um, posters and we do a premiere once a year where we also um, get them dressed up in beautiful clothing and sometimes they've never had that opportunity before. And the men get to, I've dressed some men at my suit, at my suit, some men <laughs> suit at the store. That was just a privilege. And we um, shepherd them from wherever the institution wow. is, Beverly Hills, either Sony studio or we've been 20th Century Fox studio. And we give them a huge party. It's got a red carpet. It's got media. It's got stars. 
and we have, you know, a, a meet and greet at the beginning and, and their movie posters and everyone's all dressed up and then we screen all of their movies in the theater. And then we give them awards like at the Oscars. Best script, wow. best actor, best. And then we all have a beautiful dinner together. And it's it's kids in the spotlight.org, kids or K I T S I N C dot org, kids inc dot org. They're on Facebook, kids in the spotlight and Instagram. And uh, it's a, a, a miraculous thing. It's and our goal right now is to build a studio and to own a studio that we can do all in-house filming oh, at wow. the studio, <laughs> also rent it out to other shows. And all that money can go into Kids in the Spotlight to then have a boarding school for foster kids, a drama boarding school. Oh, cool. Oh, that would be amazing. That's yeah. So that's, that's something very dear to my heart. And I've, I've been a part of it since it, its inception. Wow. So as we close, so as we close out here, if you, you had a friend of yours and they they have the acting bug as you had at a young age, what advice would you give that person to kind of help guide them in the next few years? I would say um, do everything to improve yourself. So take gymnastics if you can, do ballet, do sports in school, um, study super hard because that's when your brain is forming and you need those synapses to be working real well to be able to memorize scripts. So focus on your studies. I'm not saying that just because I'm a grown up and you should focus, but, but it'll, if you want to really be an actor and, and, and be able to do it well without a hardship of memorization. Oh, thanks Tim. Um, then study, study people. Study the, their mannerisms and personalities. Do a lot of people watching because you can grab this from that person and that from that person and form characters in your, your own self through what other people do and how they behave, both good and both bad. And, and acting is about having a vessel of peace and it's about having a vessel that can change and become anyone with fluidity. So eat well sleep well, take care of yourself, wash yourself, keep your hair clean, keep your studies up to date and be the best you that you can possibly be. That is the best way of going into acting uh, and, and not having as many flaws as other people may have when they first start out. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we look forward to having a, a update down the road. Yes. Come back. Amen. And also um, for the kids, trust God. Trust that he would not yeah. put a dream in your heart unless he had the plans to make it go into fruition because he's not a mean God. So if you have an instinct about anything, whether it's being a scientist or being an actor, that instinct is, is a seed that was planted inside you because God is going to make the way for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love that. And Thank you, you so great... much. I appreciate both of you. And thank you to Christopher for his absolutely superb questions. Oh, no. we'll let him know. Yes.